Hi, it's Adrian here, the host of Talk Design Podcast. I would like to welcome you to a special series that I've created with the AIA Austin chapter. This is for their homes tour, which will be held in October on the 22nd and the 23rd in Austin, Texas. This homes tour I've been to many times and it's a wonderful event. It's really well curated and incredible homes on it. And this year we've got homes from a bunch of Austin's best architects and some really exciting projects. I've had the pleasure of interviewing each of these architects about the project and about the nuances of the project. So when you get a chance to listen to these podcasts, you're really going to find out some special little tips and have like a tour from the architect through each of these homes. The other thing that the AIA Austin chapter has done is they've arranged for webinars with the architects who have homes on the tour. These will kick off on the 21st of the 9th, and then they will run through to the 12th of the 10th. If you look up the AIA Austin's home tours schedule, you will find these listed there. This would be something really special. In the meantime, what I would ask you to do is subscribe to the Talk Design podcast. You'll find us online at www.talkdesign.show and on every podcast platform that you care to listen on. If you can subscribe there and then go to the latest series, which will be the AIA Austin Homes Tour. So have a look for that and dig out some of your favorite architects. There's lots to learn. And then if you are going to make it to the tour in person, you will also learn a whole lot more about these homes by listening to what the architects have had to say. You'll also see on our website some amazing photography by Leonard Fomansky, who has done the photography for the tour this year. So thank you for listening, and I look forward to presenting each of these architects to you in this AIA Austin special series. Take care and enjoy. My guest on the special edition of the AIA Austin Homes Tour is Trey Farmer. Now, Trey is from his studio, which is Forgecraft Architecture, and we've got a really exciting home to talk about. We'll probably cover off a bit about his wife along the way because she was very involved in the project as well in the interior side of things. But this is the first passive house built in Texas and one of only three passive houses that are built in Texas. And so it's a very special home, especially if you're interested in Passive House. Trey's going to take us through some of the things. So Trey, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Awesome, man. So the the home is a Passive House. And can you tell me a bit about the history of the house and how, why and how you decided to go Passive House on this uh, project? Yeah, we, um, so my wife and I have had the house for about 11 or 12 years, um, you know, as a 1915 craftsman, you know, sort of old, uh, kind of some old charm and a lot of, a lot of the headaches that also come with an old house. <laughs> and so we had the opportunity, yeah, is a, you know, single pane windows and no insulation and Texas is not the most comfortable certain times of year. <laughs> Especially with the temperature so we, extremes, eh? Like you can get the cold and you can get the heat and you can get the humidity. So uh, controlling the environment yeah. a little is useful. 
Yeah, yeah. When you when you have a an old leaky house, you you feel a lot of those extremes inside the house as well. Uh huh. <laughs> so both of us kind of came into the field with like a sort of sustainability as sort of like our driving force、uh-huh. um, for getting into architecture, and you know she's an interior designer、um, and sort of health and wellness. So you know, it, it, both for the reason that we would want to live in a house that. You know, epitomizes all those things, but also to create an example、um, to show show that others, you know, that it's.、Um, I think also often like regenerative architecture can be seen as like a a sacrifice or something that's like either really expensive、um, at the expense of design, and, and we wanted to show that like、um, you can do that, and it can also be like a joyful process with really. Beautiful results that are also super healthy and really good for the environment, and and that it doesn't have to break the bank or be anything too extreme or weird or、um, or ugly or difficult, you know. Yeah.、Um, so so we we had this had an opportunity and so we took it. Yeah.、Uh, that when you said that you know weird、um, or ugly part, and as you say with regenerative architecture, it's really interesting because. There's the bones and there's the pieces that you're going to keep and there's the pieces that you're going to renew and obviously make new in it. I had a fascinating conversation with、um, Tom Kundig about a year ago, and he said, "Give me the ugliest building you can find. Give me the ugliest one. That's the one I want. That's the one I want because I can do something with it that makes it beautiful and brings out what、yeah. it has. And yeah, it's such a good perspective to take." That this thing has has all this start point left in it to to create something new with it to you know to bring it back.、Um, I'm really fascinated by you know the health and wellness side, you know the building biology type side as well as the sustainability side. And in a throwaway world, I think that you know the the more people who are aware of these two factors that bring it to architecture is just. You know, it, it's really the direction that we need to be looking at when we're looking at what can be done with a home. And this, I've seen the photos of what you've done here. It's it's stunning. You know, like beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's like, what can we do to create more habitat? You know, to give back to the rest of the ecosystem outside, beyond the house, but also, you know, how do we? You know, with passive house, right? You want to build something super airtight and like a very robust envelope, so you're more resilient and comfortable and energy efficient. But then, if you fill it with a bunch of junk, that's going to make you sick. Yeah, it's going to be even worse, right? Because then you're, you're going to be locked. Tighter, you're going to be locked、box. in the yeah. yeah. You're going to be locked in the drug cabinet kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yeah. When I when I talk about it, I kind of use the Yeti cooler as the analogy of the house. You know. Right, so it's like, so it comes down, you know. So then, a lot of,、um, you know, my wife's sort of specialty is like, it gets really into everything, right? Like your furniture, your linens,、uh-huh. everything you bring into the house, you know, it becomes that much more important, you know, to our health and the health of the whole supply chain, and you know. But it's really exciting, like seeing how much more is available. Soup to nuts, right now than it was five years ago or ten years ago, even、sure. two years ago. Yeah, you know? like there's everything is meeting the certifications, and all the architecture and interior design suppliers are starting to get hip to this stuff. And、um, there's just so much more available to us. I think that that's so much better. 
So when when you live in a home, um, well, actually, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I was going to go, tell me, like, because there is so few passive houses or certified passive houses in Texas, um, tell me what the challenges were and what people, when they come into the home, will experience that will be um, unique to passive house, uh, knowing that the front door is going to be open and closed a million times and any other doors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is going to be interesting, like seeing uh, how how cool everything stays when it's it's definitely not designed to have uh you know 300 people in it yeah <laughs> at a time um but but uh yeah i mean i think like what we really feel is just how cool and comfortable and dry it is you know it's really stark difference from um being outside obviously but even other houses we go into you know where you go inside it feels cool but it's almost like sticky feeling yeah. you know the humidity sure. is a really big difference and then just the the, the cleanliness of the air you know the indoor air quality is, is so good you know we've got um merv 13 and merv 16 filtration systems as part of your hvac and our dedicated dehumidifier and then the erv that's bringing in the fresh air constantly so it's you know it, it just feels really good inside and then the the light quality, you know, which I think you could see in the uh -huh. photographs from the um, daylighting strategies. Um, and it, I guess to step back a minute, we um, so Hugh Jefferson Randolph, who, uh -huh. who you know, uh -huh. um, he I, I actually worked for him in grad school, and and so when we started doing this house, we um, were friends with him and love his design work, and yeah. uh, actually first met him on one of the home stores as well. Um, one of our friends had built a house for him. They would just love that that's right around the corner from ours. And so we we hired him and his team to kind of work with us on the early phases of design. So we would we took, you know, our millions of sketches and Revit models into his <laughs> office and uh, sat down with him and just like hammered on the floor plan and, and the, the volume and you know, he, he infused a lot of magic and broke a lot of ties between my wife and I and um, you know, it was really a part of the soul of the house and really helped us with it um he's a fascinating he, he's a fascinating guy hugh um he, he is he yeah. approaches every job probably through the same method but he approaches every job um in a way with almost like a clear thinking sheet of paper uh mm -hmm. and and no preconceived notions just knowledge that he just pours into things i find i love looking at his work i love being talking to him about what he does and why he does it and going into his studio as well and seeing you know just the machine of 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 hugh <laughs> it's fascinating yeah i love it he's so um he's got this great like sort of playful nature too to yeah. all of his work you know that the, um, we really loved and then also just he's done so much great work kind of infusing historic homes yeah. and then like updating them and he's like really fun exciting ways and so so it just seemed like a great fit um so yeah so like that uh you know part of, and part of bringing him on was like we knew we had all these like pretty um you know significant sustainability goals and wanting mm -hmm. to pass the house and, mm -hmm. and and knowing that those things had some sort of a um you know like like a little black eye in the design community maybe and, sure and so we wanted to, to we wanted to have something that was we wanted to thought were beautiful but that other designers thought was beautiful and uh and that would be 
you know, like hopefully win some awards and get on the home store and stuff and be beautiful first. And then we get people in and then they can see how, how incredible the indoor air quality is, how comfortable it is and say, Oh, and by the way, we have no energy bills. And, you know, like we did this for a couple percent extra, you know? And so that's kind of, we got it. We wanted to like hook people and then be able to show them that, um, these kind of building methods, uh, were were attainable you know yeah it's interesting i've got a very good friend in um in the uk who's a passive house architect and you know he says even if we can't create a passive house certified he said we can go so close to it um especially Mm -hmm. with you know with restorative architecture as opposed to um starting new you know starting new generally we can get there um some sites don't allow it but it's um yeah it, it's certainly a part of the way that uh depending on your climate conditions and those things that the whole architecture movement can embrace really easily um and i can see your reasoning why in in texas you know like it works i should say in austin area um when people come into the home, how's the journey going to be? So they're going to come through the front door. Where are they going to go next? What's What are they going to see and where should they go? What's How would you lead me through if I turned up at the front door and said, Trey, take me on the tour, man? Where would you take me? Yeah, for sure. Also, the the front of the house is historic. So we we ended up tearing down much more than we thought we were going to, you know, we kind of started peeling the onion away and yep. the, the old bones, you know, there was, there were no headers and we had these triplet <laughs> windows with no, no jack studs and it was balloon framed and termite damaged. And, you know, so we ended up rebuilding a lot of it in place, but to, you know, matching all the old detailing and the old window uh, style and location, but with triple pane windows and, you know, continuous exterior insulation and the airtightness and everything. Um, but the, you know, so the, the front door is this, you know, craftsman historic, uh, yep. historic sort of look entry sequence, but then we really, you know, shook things up. And so we, you come in and, and, and we, we uh, reused a bunch of the shiplap that we, we took out nice. of the house and cla- clad a wall that hides, you know, there's a hidden door to a, p- a powder room and a hidden door to our laundry room. And then you kind of come around the corner. Um, one of the fun things with our house kind of, sort of serendipitous uh you know finding was we we bought the house and maybe three months later one of our neighbors who's sort of a the neighborhood gardener you know like retired arborist Mm -hmm. cut down a tree on the house behind ours across the alley and all of a sudden we had a downtown view which oh wow or or know that was there and then but but the only view was through the the little uh the little window over the toilet you know like (laughs) two by two window um and so when we did the renovation we totally you know it was like by then the city had grown up and the, and we also pushed out towards the back so the view got sort of enhanced and so um so as you come around the corner the whole living room kind of opens up and, and we have this big you know wall of glass looking out of the skyline and, and then the, the, the dining room um and kitchen with that big kind of flared light well you know mm-hmm. we, that was one of the things we knew we wanted a, a light well over the kitchen and my wife used to be a, a professional chef and personal and then personal chef um, before she was an interior designer. And so she would teach cooking classes and we host a lot of, you know, potlucks and things like that. Yeah. 
Um, and so we knew we wanted the kitchen to be kind of like a real like workhorse kitchen, but also a beautiful kitchen, sure. a kitchen that can host a lot. And so um, we wanted skylights in it to bring the light in. And then we were talk in talking through that with Hugh, you know, one of the time we were kind of like tossing the model back and forth a few times and he came back to us with that. And we we're kind of like, whoa, what is yeah, that? Right. It's like big flare, flared, uh, flared light well with the, the vent hood kind of running up the middle of it, you know, up in between these two little skylights. And and they're just they're just little like three by three skylights, but they bring so much light into the house. It's incredible. That's awesome. Um, um yeah, so and you know, so that's the sort of there's a few sort of moments of surprise like that, I think, in walking through the house that we really love. So so the first one would be when we come through um you know take note of I suppose the fact that we've come through a historic facade. And then uh, in that craftsman style, and then there's going to be the the wall of shiplap, and hidden in there, there's going to be the laundry and a powder room. Um, mm -hmm. So don't miss those. And then <laughs> as you come through towards the kitchen, you're going to have this um this big spill of light, I imagine, falling over you. And uh, mm -hmm. take take time to enjoy the kitchen because of the fact that it's it's very purposeful and it's made for entertaining and cooking in. You know, a lot of kitchens aren't really designed for cooking in. They're designed for showing off, but not necessarily for cooking in. Um, so this is a high-functioning kitchen as well as can um, handle a lot of people. And where do we go to get the view We um, other than the old toilet? So what is where the old, what, what well, is now, where the old yeah. bathroom was? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah where the where the bathroom was or the toilet was is now the living room so when you were mm -hmm. reorienting it um and then you extended beyond there mm -hmm. um yeah exactly and over the 11 years which is a probably getting close to about the number of um years i've been traveling to texas regularly um yeah, you say the cityscape's growing up as well. So, A, the tree gets knocked down and you get to see suddenly, whoa, hey, honey, we've got a city view. And then, B, that cityscape has, like, enlarged itself a lot in the last 10 years for sure. Yeah, we've got some some uh, quite a bit taller buildings now than, than when we first found it. Um, but, yeah, so, so yeah, the that living room is where all the – the glasses that kind of opens up but you get the views from from the kitchen and the dining room and out um and then i think the other sort of like favorite another kind of moment of surprise that i that this is probably my favorite room in the house is the uh the primary bathroom kind of oh, yeah. around a corner and then we we did this kind of um all plaster uh tidal -like plaster interior yeah. on the in the shower i guess the whole room really and then the shower has this kind of dropped volume above it and then so this the ceiling actually drops down a couple feet so when you walk in the shower it's kind of compressed but then yep. there's a light well that oh, like, nice. shoots up and yeah it's been so you know like i don't it's it's one of those things you know like we would uh whenever we go on the homes tour there's always the things that are you know, kind of like in vogue or, you know, that you're seeing around yeah. and everybody's like, yeah, this is cool. You know, you start doing, and, and like the shower, uh, the light, light well skylight over the shower is one of those things that's just like, it's so good, you know? And like, we're just yeah. like, all right, we got to do it. It's, it's so good. And like living in it, it's like, it's even better than I thought it was going to be. Like getting to take showers under moonlight 
mm-hmm. or like in actual sunlight during the day. You know, mm-hmm. I come home from swimming at Barton Springs and take a shower with my son in actual sunlight. It's just like it's so good. It's so. it's amazing, eh? Like, um, I I did a podcast with Jeffrey Dungan, and he said, "Well, really, all we do is is you know we take a whole bunch of boxes and we try and fill them with as much light." and uh, air and comfort and all the rest that we can and you know like you think about it and you go this this magic of bringing light in from unexpected um spaces or or sources is something and and playing with that light as it enters the building is something that's really um beautiful to, to you know to be able to do that and then the other is is like you said engaging it so that you know you can be in there under moonlight you can be in there under and and taking that time to be essentially you're in a a manufactured environment but you're connecting it with nature um so much more and with you know it's that thing where you can do a a whole wall of glass and but you could also do a whole wall that's solid with one little window and you see the one thing that you wanted everybody to look at um it's i love those skylights for that reason um you know you suddenly you're walking through and then the light starts to flood and then all of a sudden you get an a, a views exposed to you um mm-hmm. something really special about that so that's in your um primary ensuite mm-hmm. you, you didn't yeah, do one exactly. of those for the kids as well <laughs> <laughs> no well uh, the kids have um we actually one of the cool things you know like old houses here and even actually a lot of new ones, unfortunately, sadly, they insulate at the ceiling. And yeah. so you have your AC, you know, you have, you're running your air conditioning ducts through 150, 160 degree attic in the summer. And that, that's just bananas, right? And so, yeah. you, you know, we kept this, kept the roof line the same, but moved the insulation up to the roof. And, and what that allowed us to do is, at my office now is in a loft that's over our sort of like, playroom that has a murphy bed in it so it's you know when our yeah, cool. parents come and stay or um, friends come and stay um it's a guest bedroom but it you know we have this nice like cathedral ceiling with this sort of like lofted office up the ladder you know it's also really fun awesome um, yeah and, and creates like really, there's there's a window up there that's like there's a tree right in line with the window and so yeah. I'm, I'm up a full second story and there are all these little lizards like running up and down the tree that I see every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like, I didn't think you guys actually made it up this high. But with it being the first passive house in Texas, and there's only three currently certified in Texas. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a few more. We have one that just broke ground, um, sort of actually in the same neighborhood. Um, and then there's a couple more that are in design. But yeah, there was one one of them was built in like 2012 and then another one was built kind of a, a lot at the same time as ours that was a friend of ours and so it was a lot of fun getting to kind of swap stories and trades and you know learning experiences a lot of open houses which was fun um you know during construction trying to just yeah. invite anyone in from the design and construction community to see what we were doing so my that it wasn't anything too crazy yeah, absolutely. My thing would be for people who are on the tour, you know, um, to come and seek you out and understand as much about what Passive House can do for them. And then certainly with your, your wife's, um, Adrian's 
uh, health and wellness side to, you know, like the interiors, as well as that goes into the building as well. Let's not separate them, but into the interiors as well. These uh, environments that can nurture rather than um, harm you, I think, is mm. the future. And part of it, driven by the COVID pandemic, that there's more... Um, understanding of it I think um, or maybe it was just nice timing that they collided the pandemic and this um, the wellness side of your home uh, but if people you know really understood how their homes can be damaging just in the the paints the carpets the whatever um, I think there's such a, a wealth of knowledge to be dug out in that area and in general sustainability of a home brilliant man well, I'm looking forward to seeing the house and, and well, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing the house with everybody, not just me, um, but sharing the house with everybody. And um, we look forward to the tour. Great. All right. Thanks so much, Adrian. Cheers, buddy. Take care. Thank you. Right. Bye. You too. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking say three questions and this is called takeaway selling so this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you it's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them you put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you it's that type of thing so this is called takeaway selling so the first question you ask you say well why don't you just leave the situation as it is why why make the change that's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.